What's up, everybody? Yes, we've reached the end of the week. Hooray! It's time for the Friday Night Smackdown Roundup with me, Ryan Satin. I hope you all have had a fabulous week up to this point. Me, thank you for asking. I have also had a good week, a busy week, a very busy week planning for the Royal Rumble, prepping for the Royal Rumble pre-show, putting future interviews for Out of Character together, planning a wedding, watching the Elvis movie, and then getting stuck in a hole of figuring out how much of the Elvis movie wasn't factual. Uh, so much was going on in the week for Ryan Satin, but now we are here. We're here to discuss all the developments that happened on this week's Friday Night Smackdown with the Bloodline, with everybody, with Bray Wyatt. I'm looking forward to talking about it with all of you. And this week's show started off with Braun Strowman versus Gunther for the IC title. This was a lot more technical than you'd expect for two big dudes, but Gunther focused on Braun's shoulder and continued to chop him for a lot of this match. Braun eventually hit the power slam, but Gunther kicked out due to a weak cover. Braun tried to hit a powerbomb, but Gunther fought out of it. Gunther hit a top rope splash, but Braun kicked out of that. And finally, Gunther reversed Braun, leaving him on the top rope, which allowed Gunther to hit a powerbomb on Braun Strowman for the win. This was a good match. I really enjoyed this match. I think that It's not the match that I would have expected these two guys to have. I would have expected it to be, I don't know, a little bit more of like your typical big man match. But that's not how Gunther wrestled this. He definitely switched up his style to be a little bit more technical. He was working that shoulder, like I said before. But it was not your typical dominant Gunther win. It wasn't... Gunther's normal style where he is just bringing just just inflicting just 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 bringing his wrath down upon his opponent the guy just is always inflicting punishment on his opponents in the ring and this one while he was still doing that while he was still you know working uh, uh working a body part um, and still chopping, it just wasn't the typical Gunther match, and not in a bad way either, because you, you you know when you watch this match, you can't help but see the fact that if this was a real battle between these two guys, these two guys were fighting each other, uh, Gunther usually is able to overpower his opponent because of his size, but he was not able to overpower Braun Strowman because of his size, so to see him use his brain instead to continually break down this monster of a man made his character continue to look dominant. Like, I think that Braun, excuse me, that uh, Gunther has just, man, like the way he has been built up these last few months, just spectacular. Like, he has had a fantastic start on the main roster. And, you know, later in the show, I'll just get to it now, later in the show, he also declared himself for the Royal Rumble as well, saying he wants to go on to the main event of WrestleMania. And I thought it was so smart to do that, even if he's not winning the match. Because Braun Strowman... I keep saying Braun Strowman because he wrestled Braun Strowman. Because Gunther is one of the most dominant wrestlers they have next to Roman Reigns in 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 the whole roster. Like, 
The guy is unbeatable, pretty much. The guy is just a force against all of his opponents. So it makes logical sense that Gunther would want to be in the Royal Rumble. Now, back to this match itself. I was, I shouldn't say I was surprised to see Braun Strowman lose because Braun Strowman, you know, as much as, you know, and even though Braun Strowman is a former main eventer, former world champion, um, He's definitely, there was no need for him to stop the reign of Gunther at this point. I guess I was just surprised at how easy it was for, for I shouldn't say easy, no, excuse me. I, I, I was surprised at how decisive it was, the finish. Like, it wasn't anything too screwy about it. Yeah, Imperium kind of got a little involved, which, which took his uh, attention for a little bit. But I was kind of surprised to see them give such a de- you know decisive win to Gunther over Braun Strowman. I don't know if I think that there's more to it at that at this point between them. I feel like this would have to be the end of the road for these two, and then I think that Braun will be in the Royal Braun will be in the Royal Rumble as well. Um, maybe he eliminates Gunther, and that can like spark things up again. But I don't know how much longer you need to continue a feud between Braun Strowman and Gunther. Yes, I enjoyed the match, but the two big guys, I don't know if they'll be able to continually have matches like that. I think that this was a good showing for the two of them where they both exceeded expectations against each other, but I don't know if we need more because it really did make Gunther look good and and going, you know, going past this I don't want to ruin that by Braun getting one of his win you know getting a win back over Gunther the the IC champion does not need to be losing right now uh, especially with Wrestlemania quickly approaching after that Sammy attempted to speak strategy with the bloodline Paul Heyman informed him that they're all off for the night Heyman went on to explain that Reigns wanted to put his full faith in Sammy beating Kevin Owens tonight on his own and Sammy says to tell Roman he made the right choice and then walked off as Heyman changed from friendly to looking disgusted in like a millisecond. <sighs> Man, you can see it happening slowly. It's the most, it's, it's happening rapidly. It's happening every week. We're seeing the end of Sami Zayn in the bloodline. I don't want to go too into that because we've already, I've already talked about it a bunch on here. You've listened. <laughs> but. I just, it's such a bummer because they're so fun together. But you can see that the whole schmooly thing that that Heyman is doing with Sammy is clearly being put on because he wants Sammy Zayn to think that that the bloodline is on his side. But it does not appear like the bloodline is actually on the side of Sammy Zayn anymore. I don't know if he earned it because... I mean, he did he did, you know, make his choice in the War Games match. And they still seem to dislike him for some reason. I guess it's because the fans are cheering him and he's also it's probably also based on the fact that he's in the bloodline and not actually part of the bloodline. But nonetheless, uh, it's sad. It's sad to think that we're getting to the end of Sammy in the bloodline. I am excited to see where it goes. We'll get into more of that as I get to the main event. But first, we had Rey Mysterio coming out next. 
He addressed Dominic ruining his family Christmas and said he didn't have a Merry Christmas. And now Dominic is walking around like he's some hardened criminal. This made me laugh because he was like, oh, the way he dressed, the way he's dressing, the way he's walking around looking like. And it's like when your parents are like, say something like that and then you show them pictures of what they were wearing as kids and it's not too different. You know, oh, what's this flashy clothes you're wearing? You show them in discos wearing, you know, bell bottoms and stuff. Or like, oh, you look too hard. You're dressing like a criminal. And then we cut back to Rey Mysterio and WCW as the Filthy Animals where he was doing the same kind of thing. And you're like, man... He's just doing what you did. Leave him alone. It makes him root for Dominic. <laughs> You're like, lay off him, Dad. Lay off him. Uh, he then, uh, Rey Mysterio then declared himself for the Royal Rumble, saying that'll help him get back on track. But then he got interrupted by Karrion Cross, who's been calling him out for weeks. Cross talked about how it's been 17 years since Rey won the Rumble and how it may have been a special moment for Dominic, too, but he'll never know since he was not really there for Dominic as a kid. Uh, who do you hate more, your son for not growing up to be more like you or yourself for raising him to just to be just like you? That one kind of confused me a little bit. But Ray finally has enough, and he hits Cross. Uh, they get into a fight, and Cross ultimately locks him in the Cross jacket. Turns all red. Scarlet holds up the card, and we, we are out at that point um i was surprised that unless i missed it it didn't sound like cross declared himself for the royal rumble here too which surprised me um i also man small little detail but i liked carrying cross wearing what he used to wear as killer cross it it makes him look very uh serial killer-esque it's got a serial killer vibe when he wears that uh, with the with the long trench coat and the straight tie. I like that look. I thought it was badass when he did it before, when he was bald. Now he's got the hair, which is a little more pretty while he's doing it now. But still, I like the way it looks on him. And I'm interested in this feud. I thought they've done a good job of keeping it alive without Rey Mysterio being on the show. Did a good job of reminding you that Cross still has an issue with him once he was here on the show now, and we're getting a SmackDown match out of it. I think they said two weeks, one week. I didn't write that down, but one of the two. Uh, and Oh, it's the, oh, no, no, no. They said it was the SmackDown before Royal Rumble. That's what they said. Um, so I think it's smart to keep, you know, to build up a little main event for a few weeks, building up Royal Rumble stuff, uh, keeping this feud alive. I had no issues with this at all, but I'm also a huge Karrion Cross fan. I'm a huge Rey Mysterio fan. So yeah, I have nothing to really critique about this or write home about where I'm going to say like, oh, it was the best thing ever or whatever. Uh, it was good. It was, you know, it, it, it accomplished everything it needed to accomplish. Rey Mysterio talking about Dominic being prison dom now. Declaration for the Royal Rumble. Cross resuming his feud with Ray, no problems with any of this. Next, Liv, Emma, and Maxine Dupree are shown in the locker room. They tell Liv that she doesn't have a chance in the Rumble. And then Raquel walks in to agree with them, saying it's because of her size. Liv tells Raquel that she uh, that she got a palm reading earlier. 
and goes to show Raquel her hand, but instead slaps her in the face. <laughs> I love that right as I'm reading this to you guys, Liv Morgan just quote tweeted me <laughs> about the slap in the face. <laughs> What's a great... That was a great coincidence. I loved that slap in the face. First of all, she slapped the crap out of her. <laughs> you could feel that slap through the TV screen. I also, even before the slap, you could see the slap coming because they were all talking crap about Liv Morgan. And you could see in her face that she was about to snap on someone. And somebody was about to get popped off on. I've seen that look in <laughs> in someone's face before. Actually... I even saw it on Liv Morgan's TikTok. I want to say she posted a video of like, see where you can, you know, find where you see which at what point you can tell that I'm going from love eyes to hate eyes or something like that. And this were very similar to the hate eyes, but I really I, I thought that this was fun, you know, because then Raquel fires back, says she's tired of everyone forgetting she's the biggest and the strongest in the locker room, and a match gets set between them for later. Makes sense for Raquel. To want to remind everyone of that ahead of the Royal Rumble makes sense for Liv to be annoyed at everyone talking crap. Uh, but I like I like spunky uh, Liv Morgan. She's like a little scrappy do where you know she doesn't care about what size she is. She just wants to bring the fight to whoever doesn't believe that she can bring that fight. And it's fun to watch as a viewer. I think that coming off of her losing the women's title. I think she's done a good job at, you know, using that to motivate the future of her character. And it, it, it spawned a change within her that has continually been happening since she lost the women's title. And now we're here. She's very hardcore these days. Excuse me. I thought I had this. Thought I had this muted. My apologies, everybody. I, I actually, I hate when I listen to a podcast and then all these notifications go off. And I think that it's my phone, but it's the one I'm listening to. And somehow I still leave these damn notifications on every single time I'm doing the show. My apologies to all of you. I feel like you all want to slap me in the face like Liv did to Raquel when I do that. And I apologize for it. We'll get to more of Liv Morgan and Raquel in just a little bit. But first... We had Tegan Knox versus Zia Lee. This was a short one that was won by Tegan with the shiniest wizard. I actually, I was uh, researching and looking around for a clip, and I was doing something. I don't remember how I came across it, but I saw uh, the 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 clip from a few weeks ago where Zia Lee interfered in in the match that that Tegan and Liv were in. Uh, and I thought to myself, what happened to this? <laughs> they showed Zia Lee running in, and then it kind of got dropped. So then when this match happened, I thought, oh, okay, we're back to this. Okay, we're, we're, we're doing something with this. But then, like, Zia Lee still lost. And, um, and I was, then I was like, okay, well, what's really happening with this? Because, yeah, because that was... December 16th, when Zia Lee did that. And this is the next that we've seen of that, to my best recollection. And and then and then she just lost. So I'm not sure, man. I think Zia Lee is someone who 
I've been thinking about this. Like, I feel like she gets lost in the mix very easily for some reason. And I almost wonder if going back to NXT is the move for her. I don't know if that's a bad thing to suggest. It's not that I think that she doesn't have the skill on Raw. It's just that she doesn't seem to be in the plans. And I feel like a trip back to NXT might help her have uh, move up higher in the rankings of where she stands in the women's division and have more opportunities to be on TV, apply her skill, grow as a performer. Because I think she has a really cool look, really cool entrance. I'm a big fan of her vibe. I think that she has potential. But we just don't really get to see a lot of it. It's very sporadic when Xia Li is on TV. And I do think that it hurts her in the long run. Like, we'll see something, and like a month later, we get the follow-up to it, even though people have kind of forgotten about it by then. And I don't know. I just think that a trip back to NXT might be the best thing for Xia Li. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. That's, uh, you tell me what you think. I think it might be the best thing, though. Next, we had the Viking Raiders video that aired. And uh, they said, uh, actually, uh, wait, let me look. How much do I have here? You know, yeah, I'm going to keep going with this. Uh, so a Viking Raiders video aired after that. Valhalla said that the gods speak, she listens, and the Raiders obey. They then said that suffering awaits for Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. Video looked cool. And quickly after, we had Sheamus and Drew backstage in Adam Pierce's office. And they couldn't seem to agree on who they want to face next. The Usos or the Viking Raiders? Pierce says, next week, a tag team tournament begins with the winners facing the Usos for the SmackDown tag team titles. And their first round match is against the Viking Raiders. Now... Pierce has teased two upcoming title matches where each one are for one set of titles only, not both. Does this mean that that we may see the undisputed tag team titles split apart soon? Typically, when we've seen tag team title matches featuring the Usos as of late, they don't specify Raw or SmackDown tag team titles. They've just said for the undisputed tag team championships but with these two things there was the tag team turmoil when when it was uh, that was announced it was mentioned that that's the winners are going to get a raw tag team title shot now this is for the smackdown tag team titles and i do think it would be the best for everyone if the tag team titles were split apart again i think that both shows need their own sets of titles that's just me i want the shows to be separate and and when they are separate and there's no world title or tag team title on monday night raw weekly it makes it makes it feel like the raw superstars aren't really fighting for anything yeah they have issues with each other yes there's the united states title there but when there's no world title when there's no tag team titles it just makes it feel like something is missing and i know the usos have done a ton of appearances on raw to make up for that but i want raw to have its own 
tag team champions. I want SmackDown to have its own tag team champions. And I want both shows to have their own world titles. That's my preference personally. And I like to that, that we seem to be on the track, on the right track to getting the tag team titles split apart again. No word on the world titles as of yet, but baby steps. Next, Bray Wyatt came out. Oh, wait, wait. Look, look. Excuse me. I'm getting ahead of myself here. I got excited about the tag team titles split. Bray Wyatt came out next. But before he walked out, they had a teaser for this segment that had one of those QR codes in it. And that QR code led to WWE.com slash let me in. And that site had a Firefly Funhouse video of Bray Wyatt where he briefly transformed into the Fiend and then turned back and said, let me in. So once Bray got to the ring, his old rocking chair was there, had a spotlight on it. And he said, Green Bay, we're here like old times. Bray then said that he remembers all the things he's lost. And he remembers that he's the color red in a world full of black and white. That he's the eater of worlds. He is Uncle Howdy. He is him. And he also says that his true his true rebirth will happen at the Royal Rumble. And then the light, and that when the lights go out... Excuse me, let me say that again. I got mad because I took a break real fast here when I took that commercial break. Had to check the audio. Didn't mute my freaking notifications again. That's me slapping myself. I'm sorry, guys. I'm slapping myself for you. Uh, Bray, that, like I said, Bray said his true rebirth will happen at the Rumble and that when the lights go out, LA Knight should run. Loved all the old school Bray Wyatt stuff. Him doing all that old school Bray Wyatt stuff. The Fiend teaser that they showed before the match. Things that he said. Kind of makes me feel like we're going to see The Fiend at the Royal Rumble, right? In the pitch black match. Am I crazy for thinking that? You're going to say, Ryan, well, he, Ryan, he did all this old school Bray Wyatt stuff. Maybe he's going to be more like that. I don't know. I kind of feel like we're going to see both i don't know i think he's gonna like i think he's gonna be like a version of the old bray when he was in a cult when he was you know the wyatt family bray wyatt i think he's gonna look similar to that when he wrestles part of this match but i feel like at some point he's gonna become the fiend am i crazy for thinking that (laughs) i feel like he is you know also you know he says i am uncle howdy or he is Uncle, yeah, he says he's Eater World, that he's, I'm Uncle Howdy, I'm him. I still think that Bray Wyatt is supposed to be Uncle Howdy somehow. I do. I think that he is, because he was the one wearing the Uncle Howdy mask when he first came out, when he returned. And the voice sounds just like him in the videos. So I do think that that it's ultimately still going to be Bray Wyatt. I don't know how this is all going to factor into a pitch black match. John Roca and I were going to do a, another pay-per-view, excuse me, p- p- premium live event predictions show. We're going to get into what we think a pitch black match is. We're going to talk about all of that. So I don't want to unload that here, but I just kind of feel like I feel like we're going to see The Fiend at the Royal Rumble. 
That's my guess. I think we're going to see The Fiend at the Royal Rumble. It just felt like everything was leading up to The Fiend coming back. He's been trying to, you know, Uncle Howdy or whatever is going on, has been trying to bring The Fiend out of him this whole time, it feels like. Yeah, that's what I think. You know, I think that also there was the whole Wyatt Six thing. He let out the 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 different members of the Firefly Funhouse. Maybe this is them coming back after. I don't know, man. I don't know. I see a lot of people saying that this needs some sort of payoff the Royal Rumble. I do agree a little bit. I don't want, I don't think, you know, whatever's going on Bray Wyatt needs to be answered at the Royal Rumble. But I do think we need a little bit of resolution to something. That sounded funny the way I said that. Uh, I think we need a little bit of resolution to something. We need to know a little bit about what's going on with Bray Wyatt. Because honestly, that was always my biggest frustration with the last time that The Fiend was around. It wasn't the no-selling. It wasn't him being indestructible like others seem to have a problem with. I just always felt like we were, we'd get all these teases or we'd... We'd get excited about stuff storyline-wise about whatever this struggle internally going on with Bray Wyatt was, but then we never really got any information on it. It was like, you know, when you kind of like when you watched Lost and at the end, people were like, but what about the polar bears? You never really told us about the polar bears. <laughs> you know, I feel like we need a, a polar bear answer of some sort to kind of like, keep things going with this Bray Wyatt internal storyline because I do enjoy it. I just want like a little bit of a breadcrumb as to like what's going on because I think initially the White Rabbit things did seem to be telling you stuff. It, I don't think we were looking at all these clues for no reason at all. I know it was just a, it was mainly to hype that Bray Wyatt was coming back and to make that the answer. But since then, there's been all these new clues it seems that people have been piecing together. And we need to know if we're kind of on the right track a little bit. Kind of like when Bray Wyatt came out, we realized, okay, we were right. The White Rabbit stuff was for Bray Wyatt. I think that like we need a little bit of something to be like, okay, we were right. This is where we're going. Let's go there until we get to WrestleMania. That's what I would like to see in this pitch black match. Hope I didn't confuse you with all of that i think that all made sense next kevin owens begins to get interviewed but Sami Zayn quickly interrupts and asks if kevin is happy screwing everything up for him ko reminds sammy that it's been roman who's using him and sammy just doesn't see it sammy says no it's family and he's proud to handle business for his family tonight imperium spoke with kayla braxton backstage after that we already talked about that earlier in the show so i'll go right into Liv morgan versus raquel rodriguez uh raquel tossed morgan out of the ring early on to prove her point about the royal rumble Liv tried to do the same after that but struggled Liv kept firing herself up with headbutts uh one on raquel and one in excuse me once on raquel and once in the corner one would be an incorrect term because I like that she was going full Sandman with the cane and just slamming her head into the turnbuckle and also just slamming her head into Raquel's head multiple times. This got uh, this allowed Liv to work up the strength to clothesline Raquel over the top rope this time. 
But really, man, like, I just, I really am loving Unhinged Liv. It's different than her acting crazy. She just, like, doesn't give a crap now, it seems, and is starting to act hardcore. It's great. It's like I was saying earlier, a different little wrinkle in her character. But it's working fantastically for her. People seem to enjoy it. The fans who, I think there's still some fans who maybe go, oh, she's too small. But when, like, she's pulling out a table and trying to use a table in a, in a non-hardcore match just because she wants to, you can't help but cheer for someone like that. It's the same reason people cheered for Sandman back in the day. She really does remind me of, like, a pretty Sandman at this point who isn't drinking or smoking. Instead, he is... Uh, instead, she's using uh, crystals and and <laughs> making candles, but still, it's like she's like just embodies this like hardcore style. I know it's not quite the same. She's not bloody. She's not using barbed wire all the time, but I feel like the the vibe she's putting out there is if you allowed her to, she'd be doing death matches. I think. I think. If if Liv Morgan wasn't in WWE, I could see her in death matches right now. It just kind of feels, from an outsider perspective, watching her on TV each, each week, uh, that she is kind of a masochist in some way lately. I mean, she kind of said it on the podcast when I had her on that she's just kind of like in a hardcore mood these days. But it's it's really progressed since then. And I do think that if allowed, if she wasn't in WWE, if she had the opportunity, I think she'd be doing death matches right now. I think she wants to get all bloody. I think she wants the pain. That's and and if not, then she's doing a fantastic job of selling me on her character because she does put that energy out. She does make it seem like she is ready to get scrappy at all times. And I'm already a Liv Morgan fan, so I'm into all of this. I think most people are too. I think that a lot of times when someone loses the championship after their first time, they can really fall down. And it's hard to get that momentum again to get back there. You know, it takes some people years to get that uh, world title again. Not everyone can be a 14-time world champion. But I really do think that in the wake of her loss, she has come out better in the end for it. Also, her gear looked sick in this match. Uh, next, Sonya Deville is shown arguing with Adam Pierce in his office. She says she's going to find a way to get a rematch against Charlotte Flair with or without Pierce's help. Then after the commercial, we could see the two of them brawling after Sonya attacked her. Sonya hit Charlotte with a chair during all of this, but then Charlotte tossed her over, tossed her over a production case in the back, all uh, Lashley tossing Mustafa Ali. Sonya came back, though, and dove off the case with an elbow to the back of Charlotte's head, and finally security broke them up as the show continued. So, I feel... It would it would seem to me like Charlotte is not going to be in the Royal Rumble as champion. So I guess Sonya makes sense as her opponent. I don't dislike it at all. I think Sonya Deville is someone who is super talented, and from her perspective, I think that 
I think that a title match against Charlotte is better than being, an, uh, you know, probably a non-factor in the Royal Rumble, which she may have been based on how little she was being used before this. Um, I guess I'm just kind of confused as to where Ronda Rousey went. <laughs> it seems like Charlotte's transitioning into this feud with Sonya Deville, but where did Ronda Rousey go? And if Ronda Rousey isn't around, where is Shayna Baszler? Why wouldn't it just go to Shayna Baszler? I would think that Shayna Baszler would be mad about what happened to Ronda Rousey and you can keep that alive. So what is going on here? <laughs> I'm a little confused. I'm a little confused. Because Ronda, I was enjoying her heel run. Maybe others were having an issue with it. But I felt like her and Shayna were clicking as a duo, finally getting to do their thing on SmackDown, be these bullies. Why aren't they coming back to bully Charlotte? I mean, am I crazy here? Because it does seem now like we're getting Sonya Deville versus Charlotte at the Royal Rumble. And I can't help but think Shayna Baszler would have made a lot more sense in this scenario. Now, that's no shade on Sonya Deville. Sonya Deville and Charlotte, they're going to have a good match. I'm not dissing Sonya Deville whatsoever. I'm just thinking about, you know, strictly from a storyline perspective, like we were... We had started a story and then it ended it in one night. Like, I I, I don't know. I kind of just like was confused. I was kind of confused. I, 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 and then I saw like a thing online about, I guess Rondo was previously scheduled for Raw 30, but then that, then now she's not in the advertising. So I'm not sure what's going on. I hope, I don't know if maybe she got injured. And that's why they had to move away from it. This is pure speculation on my part. I'm just trying to figure out why a week later we're Charlotte Flair is moving into a feud with someone when the champion that she just beat is nowhere to be found and neither is her badass sidekick. So I I, I, I don't know. Yeah, that was like I was all I was really thinking while watching this was I was thinking like, well, what happened? To Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. Now, it's possible I'm just jumping the gun here. I'm getting ahead of myself. We're going to see them very soon. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me to see Ronda reappear at the Royal Rumble after the match and beat Charlotte up, get a little you know, jumper or something like that. Maybe that's the way they're going with this. But just from like a pure viewer perspective, I don't like when there's like gaps in the stories that I'm watching, we only get one SmackDown a week. We only get one Raw a week. So when there's been something happening and then nothing happens with that that week, I do get a little confused. So that's just me. Um, that's just my personal preference. But I'm hoping they haven't completely moved on from Charlotte and, and Ronda Rousey because there is something there still. I mean, obviously... We, we want I, I want the follow up to that I would think others do too maybe maybe I'm wrong I don't know that's what I think next was the main event Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens these two got a lot of time for this match which made me happy and this was a scrappy one that felt like a brawl more than just a match Sami reversed a pop up power bomb into a blue thunder bomb at one point that looked cool wasn't enough for a three count though at the end of the match, Sammy seemed to be in control and was poised to hit the Haluva kick, 
but the Usos interfered and caused him to get DQ'd. The Usos hit 1D on Kevin and then tried to play it up being cool with Sammy, but Sammy looked frustrated by them causing him to lose the match. Solo then hit the Samoan spike on Kevin to lay him out on the announce table, and the Usos told Sammy he did a good job by the tribal chief, so he started to calm down a little bit. Solo then gets ready and hits a running splash on Kevin through the announce table out of nowhere to bring the show to an end. I love how much Solo does tributes to Omaga. I already saw someone pull up a clip of Omaga doing something similar, but if you've watched, you know, any kind of like documentary on the the you know the 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 path of the Usos getting to WWE, you know that Umaga was a big part of their lives. Solo is their little brother. I'm guessing Umaga was a part of their lives as well. And it's just nice to see him giving so much love to a guy that was so freaking talented, had a great gimmick, had seemed to be a great guy by all accounts from the people who knew him. And I really like it because, you know, for a while... This is just a, a, a brief aside, but like when the Usos started doing like the running hip splash that Umaga used to do, they would all the announce team would always call out their dad Rikishi, and you'd be like, "No, dude, they're doing he's doing the, the Umaga thing." Like they're they're clearly this is an homage to Umaga. So I like that Solo is using the doing things that are much more uh, the things that people remember Umaga doing. He's using similar mannerisms. He's got the finishing moves. He's doing the things that Umaga did. And I think that it really does just make him someone that one day could turn face and have the people on his side. Because people remember Umaga. A lot of people miss Umaga. And it's nice to see his memory live on through Solo Sokoa. Now... As for Sammy and Kevin Owens, these two are never going to have a bad match against each other. You just know that. There's no possible way you're going to see a bad match between these two guys. They just know each other too well. They know how to work with each other in a way that's going to make the crowd react. Uh, There was one part in the match where Sammy hit a brain buster on the apron, and I was like, I like that, considering Kevin has hit so many apron power bombs on Sammy Zayn probably felt nice for him to hit something on Kevin on the apron for once there was also another part in the match where Sammy was kind of like he he was on the ropes looking maybe for a superplex but it looked more like the brain buster he used to do on the turnbuckle and if you're a fan of those two guys uh and you recognize that move I feel like you probably thought the same thing as for the storyline itself I felt bad because I was like, man, I was really getting into that match. I wanted to see the finish. Sammy looked like he was about to win. It would have been a big win. But I don't think he would have actually won. Kevin Owens obviously would have won to get uh, you know, get him heated up for Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble. But I, I, I think this was the most clear telling that we are going to get Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens versus the Usos at WrestleMania for the tag team titles. It just seems to make the most sense. It's what everyone has assumed for months now. 
But as we get closer to what is seemingly the end of Sami Zayn in the bloodline, it just becomes more and more evident that this is where that story is leading towards Sami and Kevin tag team champions at WrestleMania. So I guess that might <laughs> that might make my talk of splitting the tag team titles irrelevant. I don't know. I I, I I'm try, I've been trying to think about this because. I record these right as the show ends, so I don't have a lot of time to formulate these deep, long thoughts. But I just, from watching it, you could see a look in Sami Zayn's eyes where he appeared to feel bad for Kevin Owens again. And when he feels any sense of friendship with Kevin Owens, it's bad for Sami Zayn in the bloodline. And you could see it in his character's face this time. He didn't seem happy about the way that match ended. He wanted to have an actual clean contest against Kevin Owens, but Roman Reigns was never planning on letting that happen because Roman Reigns is seemingly preparing a turn on Sami Zayn. I do still think that Sami Zayn is going to be the one that turns on the bloodline. I think they're making it way too obvious that the bloodline is preparing to turn on Sami Zayn. I almost wonder if Sami Zayn makes his turn at the Royal Rumble. I I, I don't think Kevin Owens is going to win the titles though. So I don't know how it happens. That's my that's my thing that I'm working on in my brain. If you have an answer to how that could happen, you let me know. You tweet me at Ryan Satin. But I do think this was an interesting wrinkle in the Bloodline Sami Zayn story this week. The first real indication, the first, yeah, I I mean, Roman yelling at him was the start of things, but this was the first real night where you're like, okay, Sami Zayn is not going to be in the Bloodline for much longer. It just, we've reached the end of the road. As, the, as boys to men would say, we, we've come to the end of the road. Speaking of the end of the road, we are at the end of this podcast as well. I appreciate you listening. If you enjoyed the show, go leave a rating or a review on Apple or Spotify, depending on which one you listen to, or listen on, not listen to, listen on uh, on Spotify. You can do the stars. On Apple, you can leave an actual written review. I will read those on this podcast if I see them. So go hook it up with a review on Apple Podcasts. If you're not subscribed to this show, also, what are you doing? Subscribe to the podcast feed. You get the Ron Smackdown roundups. You get out of character every Wednesday. Fun little things in between. So go make sure you're subscribed to the out of character podcast feed. Also, make sure you subscribe to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. That's where you can find clips from Smackdown, clips from Raw. You can find out of character every Wednesday. Community tabs. So much more. So make sure that you subscribe to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. You can also follow us on social media at WWE on Fox on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. All right, that's it. I'm done officially tapping out for now. Until next time, I'm Ryan Satin, and this has been another SmackDown Roundup.